Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Got MP on the mic from 10 to noon. I take over from 12 to 3 before we pass it off to Grant and Danny in Washington, D.C. And the guys in D.C. actually came up with an interesting storyline for the commanders against the Eagles here that I wasn't looking at. And I know Michael briefly mentioned this on his show, and that's defensive end Hassan Reddick facing off against Andrew Wiley, the commander's right tackle, for the first time since the Super Bowl, where Andrew Wiley was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs and shut him down. Uh, in fact, uh, Dave Zangaro of NBC Sports told J.P. Finley, quote, I can guarantee you Hassan Reddick knows who he is facing this week. So that is an underrated storyline for Commanders Against Eagles. As we get to it right here, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Do you think the Commanders can get a real win? That's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. Call in 833-804-0910 or tweet us at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Can Washington get... A real deal dub. Not a moral victory, not a loss. Can they actually get a win? The question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, here's what Washington has going for them. The Commanders somehow have won... Two of their last three contests on the road in Philadelphia from Lincoln Financial Field. Two out of the last three at the link, including last year when the Eagles came into that matchup 11-0, the hottest team in the National Football League. But they had four turnovers. The Commanders came away with a double-digit victory. That's got to be how they do it on Sunday. you got to win the turnover battle. got to be able to run the ball successfully and stop Jalen Hurts' ability to run and convert on third downs. It's going to be a fun game. I I told you guys the story yesterday about Eagles fans coming to Washington and mooning me. The first male buttocks I ever saw, nude, was an Eagles fan mooning me. Just ruined my childhood. Because of that, I've always hated the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, the commanders going to Philly, they've felt adversity there before. I mean, in the past, you've had Clinton Portis's mom, uh, you know, dealing with fans hazing them. You've had, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. I mean, you never know what's going to happen when you're on the road in Philly. Well, Nick Gates, the center for the commanders, he's very aware of the Philadelphia fans. Here's Nick Gates with a funny, um, funny line to reporter Scott Abraham earlier this week. Oh, it's fun. It's a fun, hostile environment. You know, it's a good time to go see, go into those guys. You know, you'll see a six-year-old flipping, giving you the double bird, and his dad couldn't be more proud. So it's awesome. You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough place to play, but I, it's it's fun. I like the I like the energy they give off. It could not be more true. I mean, as a guy that has been to Commanders Eagles games a plenty at FedEx Field, you see so many Eagles fans flipping you off, cursing at you left and right, ready to start a fight. Thank goodness my dad is a pacifist and he never wanted to fight. Because there were times where Eagles fans would like spear beer, spill beer on my shoulder, and my dad would just brush it off. I'm over here kind of licking my shoulder as an 11-year-old trying to get some beer. But that's how bad it has been playing against the Eagles. They don't care about Commanders fans. They want to destroy you. And I love that quote from Nick Gates. Let's play it one more time just because I think it means so much uh, and it really describes Eagles fans. Let's hear from him once again. Saying it's good to it's a good time to go up against those guys and going to see a six-year-old giving me the double bird while his dad 
could not be more proud. It's it's just exactly how I feel. Here's some stats of the week by Nikki Javhala of the Washington Post. The first quarter will loom large for the Commanders against the Philadelphia Eagles. That is so important. The first quarter scoring differential, I didn't understand how bad it's been this year until she pointed it out to me. So, Washington, we know watching the games, we've trailed at half in every game. The Arizona Cardinals came back and won. The Broncos, greatest comeback in 15 years. The Bills didn't even come close to coming back. Well, through three games, Washington actually has the second worst first quarter scoring margin. Minus 17. The Eagles, meanwhile, have the league's best first quarter scoring margin, plus 22. That's 39 points differential between the two teams there in the first quarter. Philadelphia has held all three of its opponents scoreless in the opening quarter. Washington's got to get on the board early. I told you last week one of my keys to victory was put up 10 points in the first quarter against the Bills. I felt like if you were going to win that game, you had to outscore them. They did the opposite of that. I mean, three points for the entire game. Disgusting. Uh, have to do better against the Eagles. Here's another stat from Nikki Javhala, Washington Post. Terry McLaurin's 230 receiving yards. He's only been targeted 16 times this season, far fewer than most leading receivers in the NFL, but his battles, battles against the Eagles in particular, against cornerback Darius Slay, have made for prime viewing. He's been great against the Eagles. They've got to target him more early and often is what I've been saying for how do you get McLaurin involved. Let's throw screens to him. Let's throw a nice slant pass to him, a comeback route. Just get him the ball in his hands. I don't know if that toe injury is hurting him, but it feels to me like he hasn't had the yards after catch, the yak as he has in previous seasons. Another big stat to watch, 26 points off takeaways. The Eagles are the only team to have multiple takeaways in each of their first three games, and they have eight on the season, which is tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers for second in the league. Only the Bills have more with nine. Philly has capitalized greatly, scoring 26 points off takeaways. Washington, however, has paid dearly for its turnovers. Opponents have scored 27 points off commander's turnovers. Only the Broncos have allowed their opponents to score more off the turnovers. So now we get to AWOD's keys to victory. And these aren't keys Stop. These aren't keys to a moral victory. These aren't keys to a close defeat. These aren't keys to a tie. These aren't keys to an overtime loss. I don't believe in moral victories at all. These are keys to a win. Number one, you have to win the turnover battle. You have to win the turnover battle against the Eagles. That's how you beat them last year. Force Jalen Hurts to throw an interception. If he tries to run, I'm looking at Jamin Davis to hit stick him and pop that ball loose so he can create a turnover. And then Sam Howell. My goodness, you got to be careful with the football. I don't know if Washington just needs to run the ball 45 times here, but you can't have a Sam Howell interception. And it seems like he's had one. Uh, he's had one two of the first three games. All right. The only reason we won the Broncos game is because he kept a clean sheet. That's what he's got to do against the Eagles. That's how you win a division rivalry game. Number two, Washington ran all over the Eagles last year, so much so that they went out and signed like Indomitian Sue and some other defense tackle right after the game. So this year, we need Washington to rush for 100 yards. Keep the ball on the ground. Feed Brian Robinson Jr. He is so hungry. Like I said yesterday, he leads the league in first downs with 16. Keep feeding him the rock early while he's healthy, while he's hungry. If he runs for 100 yards, that's key number two to a commander's victory. Key number three here, all right? And this is an interesting one because if you looked back to that Bills game, I really believe that Washington was beat down mentally in the first quarter with the ability for Josh Allen to, one, 
scramble on third down and find Stefan Diggs. Two, scramble on third down and run for the first down. And, and, and three, just they weren't able to sack him. They had terrible gap integrity as a front four. And I said, I get it. You guys are all first round picks. I need you to blitz five guys. Make it easier so John Allen's not dealing with a double team every single snap. It drives me crazy that Jack Del Rio sits there with his arm crossed and says, oh yeah, we got a bunch of first round picks. We don't need to blitz, even if we're not getting to the quarterback at all. So how do the commanders beat the Eagles? Key number three, hold Jalen Hurts to 16 yards rushing. You have to hold him to 16 yards rushing. Look, this is a Washington team that let Josh Allen run all over them. Jalen Hurts has the exact same ability. You can't let him do that. He's going to try to step up in the pocket and run. Josh ran for 46 yards. You have to hold Jalen Hurts to 16 yards or fewer on the ground if you're going to win that game. That's my keys to victory. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Talking about the Commanders game Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. This just out from John Kime. Big news here. Tight end Logan Thomas will play Sunday. Has fully recovered from that concussion he faced Week two with the uh, terrible hit by Kareem Jackson in the end zone by the Denver Broncos. The Commanders would come back and win that game without Thomas, and he was definitely sorely missed last week against the Bills. Uh, Running back Chris Rodriguez, illness is out. So even though Antonio Gibson fumbled last week, they will have to rely on him as a third down scat back. Safety Percy Butler foot is listed as questionable, but a full participant He has been close on several passes to make an interception this season. Cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, Manny Forbes, elbow, uh, will play. Benjamin St. Juice, neck injury, will play. We're both full go at practice today. You love to hear that here as we step into the commander's corner. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. So look, I I do think this is a winnable game here because – I never thought that the Eagles were the greatest team in the NFL last year. Yeah, they made it to the Super Bowl. I think the 49ers were a better team. I think the 49ers probably defeat the Eagles if they have a healthy Brock Purdy. That's another argument for another uh, another day. I just don't think the Eagles are, are like the best team in the NFL. I think it's a it's a winnable game. Anytime it's a division, divisional contest, you can win that game. I mean, how many times have the Commanders knocked off the Cowboys when they were great? Or, or knocked off the Giants and then they're on the way to winning a Super Bowl? That happened twice, you know, in my lifetime. So it's definitely a winnable game, even though it's on the road. We've won two of the last three at the lake. Look, you got to stop Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball. You got to make Philadelphia one dimensional, all right? Stop the entire roster from running. You know they're going to try to hand off DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell as well. So make Philly beat you with Jalen Hurts' arm that reportedly is not even at 100%. I mean, that's that's a recipe for success right there. If you force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball 35 times, then you can step in front of one of those passes from these you know, lollipop throws that he's going to wobble around with his injured shoulder. I'm talking myself into a commander's win. I'm not going to pick us to win, but I do think it's going to be a very good contest, the 2-1 commanders on the road in Philly. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Call AWOT, 
0910. Let's go to the phone lines here. It looks like we've got Frank in Mechanicsville. Frank, you're on the fan. Hey, Juan. How you doing, man? What's up, Frank? Good to hear from you. Yeah, man. Uh, to answer your question, uh, I say no. No, no, no. We will not win this game. Uh, I think they're going to bring too much on their offensive side with DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts running the ball, and our defensive front's not going to be able to get that straight. Uh, I don't trust the offensive line enough to protect Sam Howe against those uh, south defensive linemen that Philly has. And um, even if you make Jalen Hurts one-dimensional, he's got such such great ability to escape the pocket and, and find those receivers running down the sideline where our guys aren't going to be able to cover for five or six seconds like that. Um, but on the flip side, like you said, any given Sunday, anybody can win. Uh, I believe in the due theory, and they're due for a loss. Uh, I'm not going to pick us to win. But, yeah, I, I, I would be shocked if we won. I'd be happy, but I'm not, I'm, I don't see it happening. Frank, I, I love the due theory, though, and the Eagles are due for a loss, uh, just like they were last year when they were 11-0. Let me ask you this. I know you're picking, you're picking a commander's L. That's fine. But we're trying to stay positive here. How many points do you think it's going to take for Washington to get the win? Uh, at least 35. At mm. least 35. Wow. And I have a hard time seeing that happen. Yeah, you know, that that's the struggle right there is the offense. No, let me ask you this. After the comeback win against the Broncos, I'm sure you looked at the rest of the schedule and said, hey, a lot of these games are now winnable if the offense is flying yep. on all cylinders, you know? Yep, that's exactly what I said. I, it was funny. I was at work, and there's a, a guy wearing a bill tie. I said, hey, you, you better watch out, man. We can we can put up points. And then I came back to work that following Monday. He had his head on. I didn't say a single word to him. <laughs> uh <laughs> But, yeah, no, it, it is possible. It's just it's all about Sam and the offensive line. If the offensive line can hold up, just give him three seconds. The DB calls the right play calls. Like you said, slants to Terry McCoy on quick screen. Uh, for Christ's sake, run the freaking football. <laughs> Ryan Robinson can run the ball. Just just have a balanced offense. It's possible. I just My, my optimism is just not there this week. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Frank, and I appreciate the call. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I do want to go back to one of the stats that I read of Nikki Javhala, the Washington Post, last segment because it's really sticking out to me now as I, as I prepare for this game. I think you're going to know who wins after 15 minutes. I think you're going to know who wins this game after the first quarter. If the Eagles are up 10 nothing, yeah, I don't give the Commanders a fighting chance to come back and win. We're, just, we're not going to win on the road in Philly, hostile environment, down by 10 in the first quarter. Now, if it's 3-3 after one, I seriously give them a shot. If it's 7-3 commanders after one, I seriously give them a shot. They've got to find a way to change the first quarter scoring differential from minus 17 to at least make it even. That would give them a shot in this game against the Eagles. Give us a, a play in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm hoping for. Let this game be, you know, a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And I know I'm taking my crazy pills when I say this, but I truly believe last week it could have been 16-14 the start of the fourth quarter against the Bills. Yes, we then turned the ball over and gave the Bills 21 straight points and they went on to win 37-3. But if Washington had converted in the red zone in the first few drives of the game, it would have been a completely different story. So uh, red zone efficiency, I said it yesterday, that's what Eric Bieniemy was brought in to do, was to change that 
gaping hole that Scott Turner had in his playbook where he would get to the one-yard line and just fumble the bag. And he would just start stuttering and wouldn't know what to call, uh, run or throw. How about we just do a fade to the corner of the end zone because that's never worked in the history of the NFL. What do we need to do to defeat the Eagles? We've got to be able to convert in the red zone. Can't win with field goals. Got to put seven on the board. Heck, I don't even trust our field goal unit. Cameron Cheeseman, cut the cheese, terrible long snapper. And Joey Sly, Mr. Inconsistent from the field goal kicker. So, how do the Commanders win this game? My three keys to victory. I mean, it's very simple. Have to win the turnover battle. Run for 100 yards and hold Hurts to under 16 yards rushing. Got to win the first quarter of this game. It's going to come down to the first 15 minutes and the final 15 minutes. I'm looking for Coach Eric Bieniemy to make some adjustments in the offense here. Change the way you called the game from Buffalo. I get it. You wanted to come out and throw, throw, throw. Well, maybe against Philly, you come out and run, run, run. Run to set up the pass. That's the old school football approach that I love. Run, run, run. Hard play action. Beat him over the top with a deep throw. Instead of Eric Bieniemy's new school approach, which I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with. I just, I can admit when it didn't work last week. And his new school approach is throw, throw, throw to then set up the run, the shotgun draw, and kind of burst up the middle with a guy like Brian Robinson. Didn't look, work last week. See if he can change the game plan. I believe in Coach Eric Bieniemy. I'm blaming Sam Howell, and Sam Howell takes the biggest blame pie for sure for last week with his four turnovers. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So still to come on the show today, Eagles reporter Chris McPherson as we go behind enemy lines, or as I like to say, we go behind B enemy lines. How do the Eagles plan to stop Washington's offense coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Still my still to come on the show today, my survivor pool selection, who I'm locking in from the NFL this weekend as a, a, a must-watch game, my certified game of the week, plus my commander's prediction. But right now, I don't believe what I've just read online. We have some breaking news here on 910 The Fan. Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. All right, and this is straight straight from AP. It's a straight shoot here, APnews.com. Las Vegas police have arrested a man in the deadly 1996 drive-by shooting of Tupac Shakur, a long-awaited break in a case that has frustrated investigators and fascinated the public since 27 years ago. Dwayne Keith D. Davis was arrested early Friday morning, although the exact charge or charges were not immediately clear. According to two officials with firsthand knowledge of the arrest, they were not authorized to speak publicly ahead of an expected indictment later Friday. Davis has long been known to investigators as has himself admitted in interviews and in his 2019 tell-all Compton Street legend that he was in the Cadillac where the gunfire erupted during the 1996 September drive-by shooting in which Tupac Shakur was 25 and was gunned down. Here we are 27 years later with breaking news. Unbelievable. Well, we join, we're joined right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline by my buddy Linnell Willingham. What's going on now? I, I am 
stunned at the news <laughs> that you just broke to us. What the hell is going on? Talk about a Friday news dump. I mean, you how how much have you been following this story? I know you're a hip hop head. None, none. It was 27 <laughs> years ago, Adam. I, I, to, to, to think that someone could be held responsible for this it is ludicrous. Now, I did not know what you had said about the 2019 tell-all. It sounds like he told on himself within the book, and now they're just now following up on it. I, I don't know. I mean, were you a believer that Tupac was still alive and was, like, hanging out in Cuba? I mean, hell no. Who, who in their right mind would believe something like that? It was one of those things growing up in middle school and high school that people always talked about, and you never really took anyone serious when they brought it up. But it feels like with this age of technology and AI stuff and holograms, I, I don't know. It's all crazy to me. But th- this is when you when you had told me that this had happened, I, I almost I almost had to reread the text message. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, and nothing nothing against Tupac, but personally, I've always been a Biggie fan. I've always said Biggie over Pop. <laughs> now that we're arresting his murderer, I do want it to put it to bed that that Biggie's better than Pac. <laughs> exactly. Now that we now that we got some justice in the case, I think we can calmly and and, and, and confirm that that Biggie is better than Tupac. You're right. It's Both Linnell of whom Willing- I'm too young to listen to. It's Linnell Willingham with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, youngest in charge movement. You can hear him on the Team 980 and. 1067 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Follow him on social media with the very complicated Twitter, Nell underscore B-T-P. Uh, Linnell, so the theme of the show today has been I'm, I'm, I'm going at and I'm starting a war with anybody that's asking for a moral victory. So I'm going to ask you plain and simply, what are you hoping for this week, this weekend? A win, a loss, or a moral victory? Dude, I'm hoping for a win. Like, I, I am a man filled with testosterone. Moral, moral <laughs> wins don't do anything for me. For a group that went out last Sunday at home in front of 150-plus alumni, in front of 65,000 screaming fans, for them to get their ass kicked the way they did last Sunday, they owe it to not only themselves, they owe it to the entire organization of the DMV to go out Sunday and, and not just be competitive, but bring home a damn victory. We saw it last year. They went in and slayed the beast that was the undefeated Eagles last year. And I think they have the similar opportunity to do it this year because, you know, in sports, anytime you face a tremendous amount of adversity, that next week really tells a lot about your mental fortitude and, and what type of team you're going to be. So hopefully, hopefully they bounce back. Yeah, and I've watched every Eagles game this season, and I, I'm really not that impressed uh, offensively with the Eagles. <laughs> I feel like Jalen Hurts is rusty or not 100%. I mean, we've heard reports that maybe he's playing 70 or 80% on an unhealthy shoulder. Uh, but here's what I did say, and this is a stat that I found from the Washington Post, Nikki Javala. Washington is minus 17 in the first quarter in three games. The Eagles are plus 22. We might know who wins this game after just 15 minutes of football. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I saw the stat that Nikki gave out as well. It's it's an alarming stat, Adam. It really is because it's been the, the bugaboo and the Achilles heel of Ron Rivera-led teams since he's gotten here. This isn't something that's new for the 2023 season. Our pal Chris Russell has an amazing saying that he uses. He says the game for Washington normally doesn't start till about 2.30, which is about yeah. an hour into the actual game. And I, I know he's being facetious when he said it, but he's right, man. They got to get off to a fast start. But I want to go back to more of what you were talking about. The Eagles have been thoroughly unimpressive. I've called Jalen Hurts a $210 million leader. That's really all he is to me. I don't think he's 
a, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I don't know when we where we get off anointing someone as a top five quarterback after one good season on the job. So he has a lot to prove to me throughout the rest of the season. And I think the pass offense for Philadelphia has a lot to prove to me. They've been less than uh, less than to be desired, so to speak, for the first three weeks. Lael with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Wanted to give a shout-out to Robert, who's a loyal AWOD Army guy. He's a P1 of the show, always listening. And he just hit me up with an interesting uh, quote here, Lanell. I want you to respond to this. You're the perfect guy to respond uh-huh. to this because last year, I remember, you were the leader of the Heineke Hive. He says last year they had Taylor Heineke. He ate. He's not walking through the door this Sunday. No, he's not walking through the door this Sunday, but the great part about it is we have a great value, Taylor Heineke, and Sam Howell. I think they have a lot of similarities. It just so happens that Sam's arm is a lot stronger than Taylor's is. Going back to that that Monday night game last year, Adam, which was actually on my birthday, crazy enough. I actually hit a 12-leg parlay the same night. It was a good night for your boy. But going back to that game, Adam, you remember it. Washington established themselves on the ground very early in that football game. It allowed Taylor Heineke and company to go with the play-action passing game. You saw Terry McLaurin have success over the middle. So it all comes back to running the football. The quarterback may be different, but I think the, the point of attack has to be the same for Washington. To me, this group offensively through the first three weeks, Adam, has not shown themselves to have an identity. I understand you want to be multiple and let the defense dictate what you're going to do. But you know the old saying, man, you got to have your bread and butter offensively. And I think – Washington's bread and butter should be running the football. We'll see if they get back to their bread and butter on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was saying last segment, you got to go back to old school football, run to set up the pass, run hard to set up a hard play action and beat the top off the defense. I want to rewind to last year's 32-21 victory, an 11-point road win for the Commanders, in which Heineke was 17-29, 211 yards, did have an interception, but three sacks, uh, so that's key there. I, I, Sam Howell's got to limit the amount of sacks he takes. But like you said, they ran the ball for 152 yards as a team. That's got to be the key in this matchup. But really, more importantly, might be getting Terry McLaurin involved. He has been the Eagles' eater. I mean, he just goes hard yeah. against them. 128 yards last year against the Eagles. That's going to be so important. Why do you think they haven't been able to get McLaurin as many yards after the catch this season? Yeah, I think you could say the same about Jahan Dotson as well, right? I think it's just a principle of this Eric Bieniemy offense, right? They're running the West Coast scheme. And to me, I keep talking about they haven't found their offensive identity. They also don't have anyone, Adam, that they feature offensively. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles offensively, they feature their rushing attack. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey is the feature target. For Jacksonville, the feature target is Calvin Ridley. You get what I'm saying, right? It feels like Washington uh, is really – putting an emphasis on spreading the football around. But I think when your offense is struggling the way that they were last week, you got to force feed your best offensive weapon. And I think we all agree that that is number 17, Terry McLaurin. So Terry's been a good sport about it. He talked about it, uh, his lack of targets this week. And as the captain always does, gives you the most politically correct answer possible. We just want Terry McLaurin to go out and produce, man. And I know he wants to produce as well. He has been the Eagle Slayer, as you mentioned, Adam, so I do think they find a way to get him on target and on track this weekend. That's Linnell Willingham. Follow him on social media, Nell underscore BTP. Thanks a lot, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me.
Yep, you can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio, at 910thefan, or call in 833-804-0910. I gave one shout-out, Stub. Now all these listeners are, are hitting me up here. We got Frank from Who's Talking, Frank Maloney. He says the Eagles are tough. Hate to say it, but Washington will struggle to make it competitive. He says Eagles win by double digits. Well, you know what, Frank? I hope UVA loses by double digits to Boston College. That's how I feel about you hitting me up and betting against the Commanders. We are rooting for Washington to win, and if we all believe they can win, they have a chance. Here's the thing. is Like I said, this Eagles team is not some unbelievable football team. All right, They barely squeaked by the Patriots. Look at the Patriots this season. They're not that good. They won that game 25-20. The Vikings made it competitive 34-28, and they blew out the Buccaneers, so be it, 25-11. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105-1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. like to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. If you're driving around RVA, call AWOD, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Stubb is my producer. He'll get you on the air. Stubb, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Uh... Since I've been sick, I have a newfound love affair with dipping bread into chicken noodle soup. It just it hits so hard, man. It's unbelievable. Well, you know I mean, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I was sick last week. I'm more of like a saltine, bit of, okay. a, bit of a cracker into chicken noodle soup. <laughs> that's, that's where it's at. You know what? You are a big, tall cracker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the latest from food news here in Richmond with Dude Food. All right, so the first story... We actually might have to see if we can track down my mom because growing up, I had one favorite meal that my mom would make. And I, I, I tell this story all the time. Look, look, my dad cooked the meals at our house, all right? Every household's different. For us, my dad would make steak or he'd make salmon or he'd make meatloaf. You know, he'd make something good and that's what we would eat. My mom was a lawyer. She'd come home late and she'd eat dinner uh, after we'd already have eaten. But on the weekends, if my mom was home, I would ask her to cook this one special thing. Stub, I want to know if you've ever heard of it. It's called SpongeBob SquarePants Kraft Mac and Cheese. Have you ever heard heard of of it? Of course. (laughs) All right. I think it's the greatest mac and cheese in the history of mac and cheese. There's something about the SpongeBob Square Pant, all right, that is the texture of his square pants is so good. And I think I've been thinking about this long and hard because it's it was my favorite meal for all of my childhood. I think it's because his square pants, SpongeBob Square Pants, the cheese gets stuck in his squared pants and it makes it extra cheesy. I do you agree? Is that not the best Kraft mac and cheese of all time? Dude, I'm out on Kraft. What? I'm out on crap. No! What? <laughs> I thought we were pro-cheese. Oh, I, I, I'm pro-cheese, but that's like the worst cheese you can get. <laughs> you know, I never said it was claimed to, to be good, but it is tasty. Uh, but look, so Kraft Mac and Cheese has featured different characters. They've done Paw Patrol. They've done Frozen. They've done Rugrats. They've done SpongeBob SquarePants in the past, all right? The SpongeBob shape was previously discontinued. A lot of fans like myself got pissed about that. I know. I was really pissed. But you know what? It's now returning. All right? 
Thousands of customers campaigned to the CEO to bring it back at change.org. They had a whole position, uh, petition. I wasn't aware of this. I would have been the leading man for this. Starting in October, SpongeBob SquarePants Mac and Cheese will return to store shelves and the iconic blue box Mac and Cheese along with a four-pack of Easy Mac. We got we to gotta see if we can get my mom on the phone here, see if she can... Uh, See if she can make me these SpongeBob SquarePants because they, I'm telling you, I, they were so good that I was so embarrassed that when I went to sleepaway camp, my mom wrote me a, a, a note like, oh, I love you, son. We miss you. And she said in the note, as soon as you get home, I'm making SpongeBob's. And my friend read that and he's like, what the hell is she talking about? She's going to make you SpongeBob's? You're such a child. And I had to explain that the square of his pants is why the SpongeBob SquarePants mac and cheese is the best. It's the best, Chris. <laughs> uh, maybe I got to try it. I think that I've just had a couple of normal crafts and been yeah. like, this is garbage cheese. Yeah. You know, I'm... nobody likes the regular elbows. Come on. But give me give me SpongeBob SquarePants with a little Patrick star and I'm all in. Give me an Annie's <laughs> mac and cheese, though. That's good. That is a good one. All right. What did you want to bring up today on Dude Food? Well, this is this is kind of related to a topic that we almost talked about. But Panera is launching a new Roman Empire menu to, to get on with the trend. Okay. And and it's it's just it's more of like things that you think about a lot. They they didn't get that creative. It's just like broccoli cheddar soup, mac and cheese and a Caesar salad. What? Yeah, it's nothing. I mean, like no. Caesar salad is like a kind so of a joke. They're just but... trying to take advantage of the viral trend where wives and girlfriends around the country are asking their significant others how often you think of the Roman Empire and they're shocked to hear people say three days three oh three times a day. Oh, four days a week. Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I do think about the Roman Empire a ton because I love the movie Gladiator. I love the movie 300. I think it was a TV show, Spartacus, right? That was a great show for a long time. Uh, so I do think about it often, but no, I will not be ordering the Roman Empire meal. How about this, though? Coming to Scott's Edition, all right, here in Richmond, a local Richmond story here on Dude Food, Nate's Bagels. Have you been to Nate's Bagels? You're new to town, Stub. Have you been I, yet? I have not been, but uh, okay, we have it's... we have a caller here for you. Oh, okay. Hold on. We can get to the caller for a se- in a second here. But look, 21 South Allen Street is where Nate's Bagels is. It's right on VCU's campus. It's delicious. Well, they just announced on Instagram they're opening a second location in Scott's Edition off of High Point Avenue. He purchased the building in June, and we'd all been waiting to see what Nate from Nate's Bagels was planning to do. I'm happy to say he's going to open another OG bagel location. Nate's Bagels is delicious. Um, I don't know if it's as good as Chewy's Bagels in Carytown. That's delicious. I'm also, as an Epstein, I'm also a big fan of Einstein Bagel Bros. All right, anytime I go there, I feel like I'm at home. Uh, But I I love Scott's Edition getting a bagel spot. We needed that. We were desperate for that. All right, let's go to the phone lines here, 833-804-0910 if you want to chime in. Who's on the phone line? Who's on the line? Who is this? It's your mama. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Mom, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you, honey? So we've been talking about SpongeBob SquarePants mac and cheese, and I, I'm trying to explain to the Your audience. Favorite. It, is it? How is many sponsors did I make when you were a kid? I know. Were you just that good at making mac and cheese, or was it something about the SpongeBob Squared Pant? <laughs> I was. Ter- I mean, I never made it from scratch. I just used the boxes, <laughs> and you really like the SpongeBob's, and you know, it was easy. I mean, I don't know if you changed the recipe. I'm going to give you a little credit. 
No, I'm going to give you a little credit. All right. You say you say you just used the box. You say you just used the ingredients on the box. I think you were putting an extra little ingredient. I think you were using some no, love. I think you added some butter. I did, add, I, did add, I did add some love, but I just followed the ingredients on the box. It, it came with everything. It's just, just in the box. It's, uh, it's macaroni you know, and cheese sauce. You're ruining you the segment. You just butter and milk. Butter <laughs> I was giving... Was I giving gave Dad... <laughs> Mom, I gave Dad a ton of credit for making hard meals five days a week, and now I'm trying to give you credit for SpongeBob, and you're saying, no, it's just the box. <laughs> Any any food news that you wanted to talk Herbal, about today? Macaroni. Yeah. No. No. So, yeah. All right. All right. I've had enough of her. So, Chris, Chris, can we can we hang up on my mother already? My goodness. Don't you have better things to do? I'm trying to call into a radio show. What? Oh, hey, newsflash. Next time, don't call in from your basement. You sound like you're doing it from hell. What is this? I can't even hear no, any I'm words that she says. I'm, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm driving. Ugh. No Bluetooth, no speakerphone. Chris, you got to do a better job producing. My mom is she's single-handedly hijacking the show and ruining it. We can't even hear her. What, are you underwater right now? What is this? I'm in my car. I'm in my car. Have you crashed your car today? I'm in my car. <laughs> have I done what? Have you crashed your car? Have you crashed I, into an, a, any mailboxes? You did that a ton as a kid. No, I have not. No mailboxes. Oh, oh my God! You ruined my dad's Sundays every week because he'd get up on Sunday to check the mail, and the mailbox would be broken, be on the ground. <laughs> well, you also forgot. I'm the same one who drove on a golf course, right? Oh, you, were, you heard about that story? I have. You? Well, now you just told a hundred thousand people in Richmond. So good job. Yeah, yeah. My mom, who drove on a golf course, knocked down, um, you know, mailboxes left and right, knocked down trash cans. Uh, but you know what? She can make some damn good SpongeBob Spare Square Pants Kraft Mac and Cheese. That's it. Yeah. All right. I, I don't. I, I think you're pretty good at crossword puzzles as well. Not Sudoku. Definitely, yes, definitely not Sudoku. No, no chance it's to do. <laughs> no, no right. not numbers, just words. All right, Mom, we have to do this thing words. called paying the bills where we air commercials. Can I do that? Is that okay with you? Yes, you must. Go ahead. All right, All right call me at 3 p.m., <laughs> even though you won't answer. Goodbye. Uh-oh. All right, I'll talk to you later. Later. Okay, bye, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hang up on her already. My goodness. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.